0: We'll be you're listening to the Anything Goes podcast. My name is Morgan Richards. And my name is Anna Richards. We are the husband and wife duo in business together who plan on bringing new conversations and inspirations each and every episode. Our mission is not just to motivate and inspire you, it's to push boundaries and challenge the status quo. We aim to bring you humor, depth, differing of opinions and more. But one thing we can promise you is this is the podcast where anything goes. Okay, here we go. Politics 101. I feel like as much as this might feel like it has been a long time coming, I also think that or feel and believe that I needed to really sit and speak to this when I was ready. And for no other reason than, I don't know, I feel like it's, it's not a lot to take on. It's just something that I probably never expected to have such a voice in again, politics, and be so involved in, and also protecting myself with not being consumed by the identity again of politics, which I was for four years, and definitely not being cast into the category of an activist, because I... I'm not that. I am nothing. I always say it's not, you know, I remember copied flack for saying that I I didn't want to be an activist and, you know, I cop flack for that, which does genuinely make me laugh. But I don't identify with anything. I just am a woman trying to make a mark in the world who loves her beautiful husband and her gorgeous dog. And I'm just doing my best. So, with that in mind, I am so excited, however, to bring you this podcast. I just want to preface it with a couple of things. Number one, I am not an expert by any means. And, like, I'm again, I'm laughing, and people that will know me intimately will be like, Yeah, no, Anna's definitely not an expert, my husband included, who, by the way, is missing from this podcast because he asked me, he was like, I don't want to be on this first one. He's like, I really think you need to give this just the the 101 basic advice. Um, So I'm not an expert, but I think that is what makes me perfect for this job. The fact that I am so not politically invested and I don't have a side anymore. I truly just believe in educating the masses around politics in general and awakening people to their role and their relationship within the government environment. I don't. It's not a profession, an environment. So I'm not an expert, but I am very passionate and I do have a basic understanding of it, which leads me into my next point. I do want to almost tell my story quickly, as quick as can be. So you have an understanding of how the hell I ended up in politics. And there's a really beautiful lesson within it. Um, but also to explain that my power in giving this a voice came from being basically a dumbass when I started in politics and actually using that as this platform to learn, just be this sponge of, well, I don't I didn't come in with an ideology, I didn't come in with or oh, I already know that like a lot of the young, Libs and Young Labor do, they're amazing, everyone's amazing, but I'm just saying a lot of them kind of already career politicians and they enter politics or they're the ones kind of with the voice in politics where he was this dumbass chick who was 20 turning 21 who rocked up on day one with the joke kind of that I didn't even know if we had a president or a prime minister. I knew we had a prime minister. But that was a level of understanding that I brought into my role. And over the the following four years within it, I excelled, I had a ton of fun and I learned a lot. So how I got into politics, I was uh, twenty, turning 21. So I was 21 two weeks after I started in my job. And I was for two years prior to that working or just over working in an accounting firm, an amazing accounting firm. Now we've interviewed that incredible accountant um, whose episode you can go back and listen to and I was studying full-time. So I had studied for two years at that stage Um Full time in my business degree, and I was working full time, and it was getting to the point where it was all just too much for that particular role. I had a phenomenal role in my accounting firm. I'd worked my way up, sort of from junior receptionist or junior admin, really, to um, like receptionist, but with so much more roles. Um, so I, I just couldn't do it anymore. And when I spoke to my late boss. Uh he said, "Well, you've got such phenomenal relationships with all these incredible businessmen and they were businessmen. Um tell them. And I'm sure they're connected and they will maybe, you know, they might have a job for you that's going to serve you. You know, we're sad to see you go, but um this is how, you know, by all means chat to them." So I did. I used my relationships. And that's my point. I'm always like relationship capital is everything in your life. It is as much as a asset as income capital. So I use my relationship capitals and I was just saying to the men, and also my boss had said, look, a lot of these guys are going to be devastated you're going because I managed a lot of their affairs. I actually was kind of the go-to for them with their lots and lots of money and set up companies for them. i transfer shares. I did a lot. So he said, look, you better let them know as well. I don't want them to walk in one day and be disappointed. So I was telling these people, look, I'm just letting you know I'm going. I'm so sorry. But look, if you know of anyone or if you've got a role for me, I was 20 years of age, I would love it, please. And all of them said they didn't. But they said, look, they'll keep their ears and eyes to the ground. And at this particular time, ipso facto, I was completely unaware because I gave no shits about politics. I, there was a federal election going on and some of these clients of our accounting firm were political backers essentially lots of people have lots of money and they like to support politicians and so they were invited to a fundraiser and it was at that fundraiser that my then um, future boss happened to be at and he was going around you know networking himself and asking these big you know wildly successful power brokers look do you know anyone that is a young um you know either female or male that isn't sort of politically inclined um that is looking for a role I want I need them to be hungry I need them to be passionate I need them to obviously be switched on and my name got dropped in two look the the room is still out but it was two or three separate circles um from these particular clients so separate clients all had said my name so by the time my future boss he wasn't my boss at the time had called me on the Monday morning he offered me a job I wasn't interviewed I was offered the job so I get this call uh, on a Monday morning and the clients had actually called um, my accounting firm and said look just letting you know I've dropped your name so yeah, you may get a call, you might not, because it was a federal member of parliament, so that'd be pretty wild. But just to let you know, out of courtesy, uh, they all had done that, and yeah, by the Monday morning, I took, I answered the phone, and he said, "Hi, my name's Doctor Blah Blah Blah," and you know, would you like a, a job in politics? Like, I want to hire you, and I, <laughs> and this is the point of always owning your authenticity. I actually didn't. I, I'll, I, I respect everyone always. But I remember saying to him, well, you know, are you this party or this party? Because at the time, you know, I'm 20 years age, you kind of have your parental um, influence essentially of politics. And, you know, because I'm only going to work for you if you're this party. And he said, well, you're in luck, I am. And I said, well, can I meet you first? Like, I don't know if I like I'm going to like you. I don't even know if I'm the person for this job. And he, was, he actually said to me, I'll never forget, he said, this is exactly why you're the person for the job. Come in today. We'll, you know, take, take a meeting essentially and, and we'll see. Anyway, I went in, sat down. We had an amazing conversation and, you know, I went back to my place of employment, let um, my incredible late boss, Peter, know that I had this job with this federal member and I gave him my two weeks notice. And literally I finished one job on the Friday and I started in politics on the Monday, and that's how I got into politics because I get asked it a lot. It's like, how did you end up in politics? So I had no political um, excitement. Like I, I wasn't someone that had a future in politics. I wasn't a career politician. So what that means is, which is I think honestly a fundamental problem in politics, it's uh, a young individual or a politician older that is always wanted to be a politician and just like what their entire life it's like they've worked for a politician they get a law degree or an arts degree um, and then they like work they volunteer for a politician it's just like their whole world is politics that was not me so I went into this role bright-eyed and bushy tailed like a complete dumbass, knowing nothing and from that platform everything grew so when I now explain this I was you I was this completely bewildered, completely uncertain, had absolutely no idea how anything worked or how the hell I got there. (laughs) Um, And from there, I had to learn. So I think a gift of mine is actually breaking this down and I'm gonna do that hopefully over the next 20 minutes or so of how our political system works democratically within Australia, how you actually have such an important and powerful voice why you need to develop a relationship, I truly believe this as a constituent in your electorate with your federal member, and why you need to become engaged and interested even at the most basic level because you matter and your voice matters. So I've told you a little bit of my story Um, and the biggest, actually, I'll, I'll say this as well, the biggest question that I keep getting from actually some really phenomenal powerful influences as well they've come to me big people with big names asking me little old me like anna is where can you point me to give me political 101 and i don't like this whole this isn't politics for dummies because you're not a dummy if you're listening to this right now you're not a dummy Lots of people will not listen to this podcast, and I and that's brilliant. And I, I love that. That's why I love podcasting. It's like you can choose what you listen to. But if you are listening to this, it's because you're like, I actually am genuinely hungry to understand and learn and know more about politics and how this country runs and how I am, I do play an important role. That doesn't make you a dummy, that makes you a intelligent, wise, incredible. I think, powerful individual that wants to learn. So this is not politics for dummies. This is, I'm calling it, politics 101. So let us begin at the most rudimentary level of what we have. So how it works. Now, I was in federal politics. State and federal operate the same way. So within parliament, there are members, uh, there's the House of Representatives, which is called the lower house, and the upper house, so the the Senate, both for state and federal. But again, I'm going to give you numbers and things from federal because that that was my playground and that's still what I'm super passionate about. It's like the – I always call it the kind of like, I don't know, the big boys. So right now in our current Australian Parliament House, there are 227 members of parliament broken down into 150 members and 76 senators. Why I'm starting with this is because I really need to remind you and hand your power back and say that those 227 individuals represent 24.99, at the time of this recording, million Australians in Australia. So 227 people represent, let's call it 25 million people Please understand that they are not there for themselves, they are there for you. I'm going to take it immediately now to uh, an info sheet that I read verbatim from the Australian Parliament House to help you understand your federal member, so your House of Representatives, so your local federal member at the federal level though, um, their role and responsibility. So, there's lots. So, it's, you know, they have to understand worldviews. I remember my boss, he just read. He, and they have to. That's a big part of their job reading and understanding and having a pulse on a lot, almost everything. So, it's, it's a big role. And people always say, Anna, get back into politics. I'm like, oh, you couldn't pay me enough. I'm actually all for um, what politicians are paid for because that's why I'm not in politics. I'm, I earn what they earn. I'm like, you couldn't pay me. Enough to, to have to do the role that they do. It's I think what they do is amazing, but I am here to push boundaries and challenge, the status quo to help you understand that they're not above you and they're not separate from you. They're there for you. They work for you. So verbatim reading from Australian, so aph.gov.au. Uh, members make representations to the government on behalf of their electorates as a whole on matters of special interest to the electorate. And it goes on and on and on. But I want to take it down to this. You are a constituent. So you are a constituent. These are just like, this is just a jargon. But in politics, you are what is considered a constituent. A constituent lives in their household and is a voted, a registered voter in that particular electorate. So each federal member of parliament, and you might see their office or every election, you'll, they might door knock or their um, staff might door knock, or you might have a calendar from them on your fridge. Or if they're a really good federal member of parliament, you might get a letter on your birthday. Um, I know my boss was really good with that. So each of those members, so each of those 151 federal members, represents a specific area and you live in that area and that area is called an electorate. So here we go. It is the constituents who pass judgment on the performance of members of parliament at each election. Listen to this. Members must prove themselves fit for the task of being their parliamentary representative. All members who wish to make a long-term commitment to improving the governance of Australia need to be dedicated to serving the interests of their electorates and proving themselves worthy of re-election. That is the role of your federal member of parliament. Now, that would be verbatim at the state level. So the exactly what I explained, I keep hitting the mic, it might get really loud, Exactly what I just explained at the federal level, it is the same at the state level. So that state, you're a constituent, so you've got a federal member locally and you have a state member locally. They each have sort of jurisdictions that are separate. For example, federal, taxation, immigration, health, infrastructure, roads, oh no, sorry, infrastructure at a higher level, and then state would be hospitals, schools, roads, Um, I've moved from Western Australia to Queensland and I'm like, dear God, Queensland state government need to do so much with the roads. Um, But, yeah, so so this is the thing. This is if you can even start to understand that, then you will understand how important your voice and just that relationship that you develop with your federal and state local member matters. So you have every single right as a local constituent to Take meetings with, write letters and call both of your federal and state members' office. Now, I'm the girl that back in January did a, a video, a fifteen minute video that went viral. Lots of you kind of follow me or not kind of lots of you follow me from that particular time today. And so we'll probably be listening to this going, I know that's why I follow you. And I explained this super quickly but I love, this is why I started the podcast. So when I felt called to, or the demand was there, I could sit and riff on this. So that's, this is why I just, I was pulling my hair out back in January because I was like, why do people feel so powerless? Like this, so at the time it was a climate issue. Now climate and environment is a federal issue. So politicians just putting the environment to the side no 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 no. they have to prove themselves worthy for re-election and to represent us and and the governance of australia correctly and they speak for the majority of their electorate they don't speak for themselves now (laughs) if any members of parliament or their staff which i'm actually they might listen to this i had lots of senators amazing independents contact me when the bushfire video went viral actually cheering me on and saying, Hey, good job. Thank you. Um, but they have lots of other roles as well. So I want to help you understand now legislation, because when I say, you know, they have to represent us and they do absolutely. But their role is also to, you know, we elect them so we don't have to worry about a lot of things, right? We don't have the time like they do. They work their asses off. They do good ones. Okay. Hold them accountable, book meetings, send letters, phone the office, my God, like make them work for sure. But they also have all these other roles like committee work. They have, um, they have to read a lot. So they have to, what they understand is a lot more than us, hopefully. And often I always assume positive intent. So, Lots of the legislation that gets passed is for the betterment of our nation and that's because they all understand from a political party perspective or at an individual level what we need based off of the facts and information and statistical data that they receive and read, they form law around that and it's 99% of the time you've all been asleep to it, fact. I feel like until this year, which is so exciting for me. So let's go there then. So, two hundred and twenty-seven members of parliament. Again, this is federal state. I should have got the statistics. I don't know. I'm. I'm it might be the same. I don't know. You could Google it. Um, but they represent right now in Australia federally twenty-five million people. So, and I've read you the role of your federal member. So what happens in Australia, though, everything that we do or don't do, every fine that we receive, every the way that we operate as a society is governed by laws, as you know and understand. If you speed, you get fined. Um, you can't, you know, I don't know, if you litter, you can get fined. So there's, there's governance. The roads you drive on, there was laws. So that's the role of our politician. Essentially, they go to parliament. Now, what happens again this is both federal and state when we used to go to parliament I used to do parliamentary sit-ins which were my favorite thing to do actually and always speak to the constituents I loved speaking to you guys because I always got the heartbeat of the electorate and what would happen was that the beautiful segue accidentally as a staff member you would call hopefully often it would just be like the interest group so churches is an interest group um environmentalists is an interest group and they understand funnily enough how the intricacies of govern- government worked and so often and this is why it used to frustrate me so much interest groups who are across this would send like bulk letters and well that that is factually then the the pulse of the electorate that is what the the Politician can only go or um, operate off the information and the data they receive. So if they have nobody call, and this is why I'm like, I'm all for um, peaceful protesting. I was like, what's the word? Not right. I'm all for peaceful protesting. But here's what I want to help you understand. Peaceful protesting is beautiful and have it and, and find your voice and go and speak up at those days. But whilst you do that, quite often what happens is your state or federal member of parliament is sitting in his, his or her office with all the staff members present and the phones are dead, the emails are dead, the letterbox is dead. And it's you, they laugh almost. It's like, well, here's all these, you know, 20,000 people marching but my electorate doesn't care and they are correct Because you haven't made it vocal enough, specifically to the one individual in the world, in our nation, that can actually influence and impact change at the biggest level. You haven't given them the voice. You've gone and told the lamppost and everyone around you and made a sign, but your federal or state member actually has no idea that that's what you're passionate about. So I always say, do both march but pick up the damn phone write the freaking email send the letter make damn sure that your local and federal member of parliament knows where you stand on health issues on immigration issues on whatever issue that actually is hot on your heart so the way that it works we then so you call you send letters which is awesome hopefully right this is happening I would then go to, we'd go, we'd fly into Canberra on a, we're from Perth, so a Sunday night. We would, uh, Monday morning, bright and early, 7am, I would go downstairs to the whip's office and on the whip's office wall, there would be all of the bills that are currently up for um, debate. Now, also, I have to let you know, obviously we'd also, we'd know the bills that were coming up and you can too. So again, I want to take it back. You can go to so, if you ever want to know the bills, so law that is pieces of legislation, so what becomes our law, what politicians are actually at Parliament House voting on, if you ever want to know the ones that are coming up, you have they're all on the website. So we used to do this, of course, before we go. But um, so you can go to aph.gov.au. Again, this is for federal, but you can do it for your state as well. Again, on the federal homepage of that website, you can click bills. I'm just doing it so I can like exactly speak you through it. A page will load. It's actually going to tell you for the current parliament, the bills currently before parliament, of which what I'm staring at on my screen as of, you know, today's date, 11th of July. So there's 135 bills before parliament, which is a lot. You're never going to be across all them, right? That's the role of the, uh, of the politician. There's bills assented to. And just so you know, assented means passed. And that number as at current is 131, like currently. And then bills not proceeding is 20. Now, when you scroll down, you can just browse a bill if you know the name, or they're just all there. So there's a current Senate bills list and a current House Bills list. And I'm gonna go all through that. So lots of people ask me, Anna, how do you even know what bills are up? APH.gov.au. It is such a user-friendly, like well well done parliament. It is such a user-friendly website um, that when people ask me kind of questions on Instagram and I always empower them. I'm like, you go to aph.gov.au and look up the legislation that is before parliament. If you are really passionate about vaccinations or you're really passionate about healthcare or you're really passionate about immigration or the environment, go and look up the bills that are currently before parliament because they are the bills and the law that your boss, your boss, that was my boss, your federal member and state member, just exact same rules, are currently voting on to pass as our law. So, and again, please know, I, get, I, I I hear from a lot of people that are disheartened and disenchanted and stressed and worried because they've heard of a particular bill that's gone through because um, people are waking up, which I'm so excited. I'm like, yes, um, before they would have, wouldn't have even known or been interested or paid attention. So bills have passed and they're like, there's no way that we all would have agreed with that. And you're probably right. But the problem is because you, didn't speak up enough prior, and bills can be changed. Trust me, like bills can be thrown out, um, not proceed, obviously, and changed. So when they're passed as well, n- never think that all hope is lost. Hope is never lost. I always say, always hold the hope. So um, we go to Parliament. We go to. I'd go down to the Whip's office. There was a so 135 bills would have pretty much been. or oh, no, the bills for that current week of Parliament would have been on the wall. And literally, you guys get this. So I would have a heartbeat or the pulse of the electorate because you guys technically remember, but this is what you're going to do now, would be calling, sending letters, sending emails. So I would go, oh, my God. So back in my time, um, live export was a really big topic. And actually, funnily enough, same-sex marriage, which is now passed. So I would go downstairs and I would go I'd look at all the bills on the wall and I would go okay that's not one person that's called about that okay that's not irrelevant that's irrelevant to our electorate Um, no one gives a crap about that I'm like oh my god live export I have to get you know DJ's name on this bill so I'd put you know his name now it's not always promised that he could speak to it now again sorry I should preface this sorry by saying your member's name doesn't go on the bill for them to vote. It's just for him to speak or her to speak in parliament about it. So not you, they don't have to, and not all do, but it's just powerful for the electorate. And this is when your stories and your phone calls and your emails and your letters matter. Because for live export, for example, I go, oh my God, that is such a big issue right now in our electorate. We've had, you know, Two hundred letters, which was a lot back then, right? You go, oh my god, we've had two hundred letters about that. But and you know that's kind of the biggest topic in our electorate at that time. Well, you definitely want your boss to speak on that because you need to go back to your electorate, and then we might put out a letter to those two hundred people and say, hey, um, your member spoke up on this matter, and this is what he said, and this, or she said, but for me it was a he. Um, and so then you'd sort of be like, hey, he's doing a good job because remember what I said at the start, they have to prove their worthiness of the governance of that electorate to be re-elected. It's up to you. You have so much power. So that's what we do. And then the rest of the week, um, they would do school groups and they might meet with constituents. And then we'd have, um, you know, amazing CEOs come in or, you know, there's lots of meetings and things and and they would read. (laughs) They read a lot. And so in Parliament, I mean, and we could pull 20-hour days, but when that specific bill comes up for particular discussion, your your member gets this time slot, and then you know the he he or she might write the the speech for it, or they've got a really good media or policy advisor that writes it, and they'll go down, they'll give their passion speech, um, they come back up, and then there's a vote. So I always love explaining this because it used to really excite me. But I remember in Parliament, there's clocks. I should know the number, but there's hundreds of clocks. And your job as a staffer is basically to like make sure your member is on that freaking House floor or Senate floor if you worked in the Senate when that votes up because they have to be. That's like their one job. So the bells will ring. It's called the bells ringing. So you're in Parliament, the bells are ringing, and you look to the clock. And if the green bell was ringing, you go, oh my god, go, 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 go! If your boss was, you know, still in the office, and they'd literally take off out of their office and run to the um to the House of Representative floor or the Senate floor, and they vote, so they can cross the floor or like yeses is on the left, noes is on the right, and then literally this is what happens: that piece of legislation is passed or dropped. Now, there are two doors that legislation has to get through to become law in Australia. The House of Representatives, which is the lower house, like I'm, that's what I worked in. And the upper house, so the, the Senate. So what happens, so that bill isn't then law yet. But I always say, I, I feel like the House of Representatives to me is the most important. I mean, the Senate is technically because they, they're they the ones, that's the second gate that it passes through and then it becomes law of our country. Um, so they have a lot of power but ultimately if you um, like the member represents his constituents now senate senators do as well but not really admittedly not really no one really calls them um, they have a, honestly sorry but they have a super they do they have a super cruisy easy job so they are not as representative of their constituency and their electorate now I could get a lot of people that are like, that's not true. That was my experience and what I have witnessed. So I, and they're still amazing and their job's super important, but the federal member of parliament, your house, like House of Representatives federal member is the guy or the girl that you want to be emailing, picking up the phone to and calling. Now, what then happens, however, it gets passed or declined, but let's let's for argument's sake say it passes through that first gate It then goes to the second vote, which happens in the Senate. And that's where the senators, of which there's 70, what did I say, 76 senators, that then vote yay or nay on that particular piece of legislation. Um, Now, again, senators are very, like most members and senators are are a party preferred. So you might have Greens. We're sort of, no, we are. We're a three-party nation. So we've got liberals, labor, and greens. And I never get into the semantics of it because it's like my belief now is always you have to look at the policy, not the person. So you have to find what you align with and your ideologies. But also, even if the person in power, if you were brought up a certain way and those um, your ideology is like, well, no, I'm the other way, but you can build a relationship with that member and send letters and, and go and have a coffee with them, and which by you can do. By the way, you can do that. But what I would suggest is if you've got some girlfriends or some, you know, some family or whatever in the electorate, bring them all in. Sit down with your member, get to know, like tell them what you're passionate about, and they have they record it. So, or s- like I keep saying, send the letter, get get that correspondence to that office to make your voice heard because it freaking matters more than you know. So Senate then votes yay or nay, and it's like, well, Anna, hang on a minute. They're voting yes or no. Why wouldn't I contact the senator that represents my local area as well? Absolutely, you should do that for sure. Um, And the way, just so you know, predominantly, again, the way that that works is like I just said, it's it's party. So how they know to vote is parties already say, well, we're going to vote this way on this particular piece of. policy because that's our ideology. It's the way parliament works and it's worked for the last, what is it, 200 years. Um, But if, again, if you aren't making your voice heard, then, and you're not contacting your member, you cannot be frustrated then when it goes through and you sat back and did nothing. So that's what I always say. Don't blame the politician, blame yourself, blame the constituents, blame the electorate. What happens though, and what I'm very passionate about, is obviously holding politicians to their accountability. Now, how you can do that, so when you're writing to their office or you're giving them a phone call and they're saying one thing, so, because I'm always like, and my mentor taught me this, tell the truth all the time with compassion. So what can happen is you might write a letter. Now, I'm going to use the explicit example of January's bushfires, And I empowered all of you to do this if you watch the video. So what was happening was I had written the letter because I knew um, lots of you just, it would have overwhelmed you and you felt like you maybe didn't even know where to start. Now you do. So I wrote the letter. Now that got sent off. So you all sent that phenomenally to your local federal members of parliament. You then got lots, most of you, majority of you got responses back. Now, whether they were um, templated or not, I I always feel like it's irrelevant in the sense that well, my letter to them was templated, correct? So I, I give them grace for that 100%. However, their role is to have received that piece of correspondence. The biggest thing for me was to make sure your voice was individually heard, but as a collective in that particular member or senator's or and senator's office. So they've received that piece of correspondence. They have to, as staff record that piece of correspondence, that is exactly what we had to do in our office when I worked in federal politics, and then send a letter back. Now, again, it might have been templated, but I give them grace because it was a templated letter to them. Now, lots of you were then saying, oh, it's fantastic. My, my member wrote back and said, yeah, they, you know, they're, they're, they're for the environment and they're going to, you know, they're going to vote sort of this particular way. And I said, well, hang on a minute, talk is cheap, Let's see how they've actually used their vote in the past. Now, and this this is what I'm telling you and empowering you to do moving forward. Now, forevermore, there's a website, an incredible website called TheyVoteForYou.org.au, and it's you get it up. It's a big yellow slide. It says, "How does your MP vote on the issues that matter to you?" Now, again, this is federal. I don't actually think there's one for the state. So you have to know your federal member of parliament. If you don't, please just look up, you know, how do I find my local federal member of parliament? It's going to load a site, you can put in your postcode and it's going to tell you. And then remember their name. When you go to that polling booth every 3 years now, rem- know who you're voting for, understand their policies. Hopefully you've now engaged with them and built this relationship of correspondence and you've you know that you can pick up the phone and, and give them a call and let them know about what's going on and and what's hot on your heart. So What happened back in January, though, to give you the example, was lots of people were getting letters back going, oh, that's fantastic. And I was like just going, oh, who's your member? And they'd say, blah. Now, I am, again, Switzerland. I didn't care if they were liberal, Labor, independent. I cared that they were telling the truth and that that they were held accountable. So I went on to theyvoteforyou.org.au and I looked them up and I would send messages back and go, well, that's really interesting because on every single other piece of environmental legislation that has ever come up in their political history they've actually voted it down and people were shocked mortified and outraged and i said brilliant so write back to them and tell them that write back and say well actually i can see here and again so say um i put this guy i won't say who Right? So I've got this guy, so a party representative for someone in Western Australia, how do they vote? So it will tell you who what they voted very strongly for. It will tell you what they have voted moderately against, and it will tell you what they have voted very strongly against. And again, guys, it, it breaks it all down. So there's literally then a link that says, what does this mean? And you can click on it and it's going to explain it to you in beautiful layman terms. Super clever. I love this site. Um, and then obviously has never voted on. So you can go on that and go. You might be really passionate about Indigenous rights, or um, uh, what else at the moment? Like, like I said, healthcare. Or um, I raged against the state government this week personally um, about the detainment of you know the nine towers. Personally, now again, you might have a different opinion, and that's okay. All good. So I would go on and I would go, okay, well, my, I've written to my state member and they've said, yeah, they care about human rights and rah, 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 but I'm then going to look them up and I'm actually going to see that, you know, say, I'm going to go for what they've, I'm going to look comprehensively through, right, what they've voted strongly for, what they've voted strongly against, and it, it and it links the pieces of legislation. So you can then actually go and read the legislation. It's such a powerful, brilliant site. And um. So for example, hang on, just quickly I'm on this particular member's site and I just rage. So I've just seen that they voted very strongly against decreasing the gender pay gap. Now that's something I very much care about, obviously. So as a woman of women empowerment. So for me, I think as a constituent in general, now I've done this with my current local federal member of parliament. We move, so we move from Perth to Gold Coast, I then immediately looked up who my, of course, I always do, federal local member of parliament was. I've moved again. Um, I looked them back up. It's a female. I then went on to theyvoteforyou.org.au and please do this. And I just looked at kind of the pulse of who they were, who whose electorate am I in? Because I truly believe that the future of our nation, it's a two-way street. We are not 25 million people who have no power. We are 25 million people represented by 227 individuals who need to represent us correctly, but they cannot represent us correctly if we are not telling them where we stand on particular issues now again 90 probably five percent of the time it might be less might be more they are going to vote on their party ideology it's just the way that it works and that's okay that's how we have a high functioning beautiful first world country fact however for those really hot issues that pop up like um Right now, it is it is sort of immigration, not even immigration. It's it's this whole Black Lives Matter, but I'm just trying to think of what policy that would fall under. Essentially human rights, to be honest. That's kind of where I feel like it's at. Human rights or environment. For those particular areas, you want your, vo- your voice noted. You want your member to understand health. Another huge one. You want to make sure that majority of your electorate is speaking up. So when your federal or state member goes to Parliament House to vote on future legislation of our nation, they know that actually the majority of my electorate and constituency has spoken up against this. And if it goes against party lines, too freaking bad, then they have to cross the floor. That's my belief. And this is where I'm really passionate. This is where I can see our nation changing. And it could be good, good or bad, right or wrong. Independence, like if I ran, (laughs) everyone's like run, I'm like I'd never, but if I did, I would 100% run as an independent because you're not tied to party ideology. Now, party ideology is not a bad thing as well. Please don't ever get that twisted. Too many independents would be honestly a hot mess and that's often what you see at the moment with the last to essentially parliaments, um, it's it's actually been pretty split, so pretty much to the wire of 50% the two parties, so Labor and Liberal, um, and then this spattering of, say, four to five, I think, independents. So the independents carry all the power. And, again, that's not necessarily a good thing either because then they're kind of representing their own only constituent, like their electorate, when, again, we have to represent the majority of Australia. So I hope that I've just passed on enough, just in this one podcast, I can already see I'm at 45 minutes, so I'm going to stop it, but to help you understand the core foundation politics 101 as it stands right now. So like I said, understanding who you are as an individual in the collective, you matter, your voice matters, you need to use it, you need to speak up. Then I hope I explained enough, state and federal, even though I had to focus on federal, how our nation's laws are actually created or voted on and then created and passed. So understanding how that works, House of Representatives through to the Senate, two gates, and then it's law. I hope I've also explained that I think more than anything, it's just that You have to start speaking up. And again, you don't have to, but I would just offer this loving piece of advice that if you stay silent and if you stay disengaged and if you stay apathetic almost, then don't rage against the machine essentially when something happens, but you haven't sent a letter or you haven't picked up the phone or you haven't sent an email or you haven't booked an appointment with your local member to go in with a number of people because here's my vision for politics as it stands in Australia right now what happened actually I know it's 45 minutes and it hasn't um I am gonna keep going for a little bit recently on 60 minutes there was a big expose on the Labour Party again good or bad right or wrong don't hold them specifically against it like it's you know, whatever. The individual was a rotten egg that did it. But there was this massive thing about branch stacking. I'm actually going to do a whole podcast so you understand, and not on like the semantics of that, but actually how you can get involved at the local level for state and federal, um, because it is at the branch level. That's where you can actually make such an incredible impact. So all of this stuff happened recently where a particular state member of parliament in Victoria was it was branch stacking. Morgan actually said to me the media are so bad in the fact that they're not even explaining to people cuz they're like branch stacking branch stacking and Morgs was like do you know baby he's like you know what that means i know what a branch is but 98% of australians wouldn't even know what the hell a branch is and i was like oh my god of course So my vision for Australia and my belief is he got away with that and other members, it happens just so you know, this was actually why I left politics. I was so enraged at that exact thing that I. that's actually what made me leave because I was so disenchanted, just so you know, and I was so mad at the media for not reporting it several years ago. So I'm breaking out in a rush now. I cannot tell you the breath of excitement I had when I saw that expose. There was a few reasons, but that was the, at the absolute core of it. Um, so I believe he got away with that because you aren't interested enough. You listening right now. Branches, and again, I'll do a whole other quick podcast on this, but branches are just a branch. So it's a, it's a group in the local electorate. And you become a member. So I think it costs like, look, back in the day, I think it was 10 bucks. It might be like $25 now. But you become a member of this group. And that's where the politician goes and hears from its members. And that's where the heartbeat of the electorate is kind of heard and seen. And because it's kind of the, it's the, usually typically in our entire nation's history, the people that go are like the staunch Labour people or the staunch Liberals or the freaking staunch Greens. They're the ones that pay their fee and go along. And admittedly, with all due love and respect in my heart, because they were my favourite people, but they're they're really old. Like I would legitimately say in our electorate, (laughs) I'd say 80% or more, 90%, no. Do you know what? 95% of all of our electorate's branches would have easily been 50 and above, comfortably, probably 100%. My vision for the nation is to have you be a part of that branch, is to have you so fully engaged just at a level that feels aligned and comfortable and enough for you at that branch level that stacking can never happen, that you actually, because what happened is he'd stack, so people stack um, people that aren't meant to be in the branch. Actually, I'm going to do a whole podcast on it. You have to actually understand it. It's so important, but that's my vision that you give enough of a crap about our nation's laws and what's coming up and you make sure that when your politician goes to parliament you have had the majority of your constituency's voices heard and they represent you adequately and properly. That if they have to cross the floor because it does go against party lines that that's okay because it's the right thing to do. It might be put them offside or whatever, but it's like, well, no, they are there to govern their electorate, to represent the the majority of the constituents and that is you. So I will leave it there. That is my vision for the nation just to wake everyone up in a, in a, beautiful way, you're awake, I understand, I'm not saying that you've been asleep, but just help you understand politics at that beautiful basic level, help empower you to be engaged enough in a way that feels aligned and comfortable for you, and get you at that kind of branch level, so stacking can't occur, and your member goes to Parliament House every single sitting, so confident in their um, constituent's representations they know what they have to vote on they know my god this month we had you know frickin' 10,000 letters about this particular topic. Like I know exactly what I need to do on that floor when that piece of legislation comes up and it might not be party lines and that's okay. So I will leave it there. I hope, um, like I said, I served you in some way. If you have questions, just contact me. If you want me to del- delve into certain, um, I've got lots of questions from you guys, so I'm gonna do lots of episodes like this. But if you have other questions that you want answered that has popped up from this particular episode, episode please just let me know and if you've loved this episode then please share it and I think the more people that understand it millennials gen x gen z gen you know kids youth that understand how our parliament works and they give a shit the more impact we can have in co-creating the best nation and the most you know superpower country in the world so let's do this together Thanks so much for listening. And as always, we both hope you got something out of it that you can use to challenge your own status quo. And if you liked what you heard, it would mean so much to us if you shared this episode on your socials to help us get our podcast out in the world. Don't forget to tag us as well so we can thank you personally. And if you're loving the conversations, leaving a review on iTunes simply by going to the podcast, scrolling down and clicking leave review will help even more people find us too and we would be so grateful. And until the next episode, we will always be cheering on your success.